Apparently John Wayne can be seen from the parking lot. Get me on the line with the police department. The moon is gorgeous tonight. It's pro possibly one of my favorite uh, stages in the moon cycle. It's not completely round, and you can easily tell, but it still has a beautiful shape. And it's cut off. It looks like an uh, looks like an eyeball, and it's beautiful. It's absolutely stunning. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. I had to record to, uh, on a night like this. I had to. I got some. Um, I got some emails about the last episode, part one, and I actually had some pretty good reception. A lot of people told me that they that that they liked it. They liked uh, the background. They loved the crickets and the sounds of nature. They said it's ASMR-esque. So, if you enjoyed the last one, here's, a, here's another one involving it. And I guess, since I am outside, since I am out in, uh, in public, if you will, I'm kind of in a secluded spot, though, but you will hear cars. This is a disclaimer now. Listen to me. Oh, here's a car right now. There it is. <laughs> You'll be hearing that from time to time, I'm sure. You might hear more. You might hear your occasional train. I'm actually near a set of train tracks. And um, you might be hearing noises of the functioning world. My second uh, heads-up disclaimer is that I kind of blew out my voice. <laughs> I was uh, I was doing something and I ended up yelling, not angrily, but I was yelling uh, out of happiness and joy. Oh my gosh, you know, like that sort of thing. And anyway, my voice is dying on me. Nothing too severe. Think of it more as a voice sprain. Is that a word? Is that a term? If, it, if not, then I'm coining it. I sprained my voice. Stretched it out, if you will. 
Now, I did not bring any candles. Um, I don't have any candles with me in particular. So, but if any of you at home would like to cheer and light up a candle, maybe a whiskey and tobacco candle, or um, Blackberry, uh, the brandy candle, by all means. And while you do that, I'm going to tell you guys a little something. So go ahead and start lighting and you can listen to my voice. Or if you want to pause me, pause me. But tonight, I'm going to be igniting something a little different. I have in my hand a tobacco cigarette. I don't smoke them myself. I don't smoke anything. I, I live a very sober life, actually. Um, and I, uh, I know some people go, well, you can't get high off a cigarette. Uh, the nicotine high, if you haven't done it. But the point is, is I try not to do anything like that. Not because I'm, uh, I'm a better person than anyone. In fact, it's the quite opposite. I come from a family of addictions, and I know that if I was to start anything, I would probably become addicted, and it's scary. We have uh, very addictive personalities. But I digress. The reason why I'm holding the cigarette in my hand is because for the past few days, I've been thinking about a friend. And this friend in particular, she um, she passed away in 2016, and she smoked lots of cigarettes. And I I bought a pack as a symbolic um, the gesture, if you will. It's a gesture, symbolic gesture to her, kind of like uh, some people they pour a little bit of liquor for their friends or something. In this case, I'll be lighting a cigarette and just letting it burn. And that'll be my uh, sense of candle. But it's the darndest thing. Her birthday was just recently in June. And I never did anything for her. But for the past two to three weeks, I can't stop thinking about her. I knew her throughout middle school. I knew her in high school. And we stopped becoming... We we had a falling out in high school. And my last conversation with her was one of the worst. And I never saw her again. Never even heard about her until she had passed on. So tonight... Um, keep thinking about her, and I thought I'll do this as an homage. So, if you don't mind, I'm just going to light it up and just let it sit next to me.
there you go. I'll let that burn and do its thing. So with all that out of the way, with all that covered, I'm going to finish where I left off. And I'm sorry about how last week's episode ended. I was in a weird spot, and it was a little, it was much later than when I'm recording this episode right now. And people were beginning to wake up for work, and you know, the early birds, if you will. So they got up and started doing everything, and I, a lot of cars were driving around, and I got nervous. So I quickly ended it, packed up, and I went home. So, I last left off. We woke up from the uh, from the El Rancho Hotel. So I woke up. Me, Tuesday. So me, Mr. Tuesday, Mr. Wednesday, and Miss Monday. We woke up, we packed our things, and we left the El Rancho. Nothing creepy happened. Nothing out of the blue, you know. Oh my gosh. Um... We weren't attacked, we weren't harmed, nothing pulled our hair, our shirts, nothing. Instead, it was actually a very quiet, peaceful night in the Spencer Tracy room, which is room 200. So if any of you uh, people who would like to retrace my steps, if you want to try to reserve room 200, go right ahead. Anywho... I uh, I went to the car, we packed up, I put my gun away. Yes, I had my gun. I wasn't too fond of the area. Doesn't feel the most safe. <laughs> but I don't know. You know, for all I know, it could have been. It just didn't feel like it that day. So, stood up, went to the car, and we drove out of there. We started heading um, heading. West, I believe. We headed west. We crossed the border to Arizona. We made it to the Petrified Forest National Park. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen of the night. The Petrified Forest is magic. I, I, I myself can't explain it. There is a feeling there. And I'm not going to get, you know, too hippie on you. I'm not going to say, you know, me and nature became one and I rode a bear down a waterfall. No. But there was there there was a magic there. And and for the past week, week and a half since I've since I was last there. I've been trying to wrap my brain around what ex- what it is that I was feeling. And I think after intense thought, it finally came to me. What felt so weird about it for me was that I felt so small. The petrified forest is the remnants. It is the bones. 
the leftover yesterday of the earth. Trees that have become a petrified stone. They've petrified to where they're hard as rock. Crystallized, if you will. And I say that I felt so small because it took many, many years for that to happen. And I feel small because hundreds, thousands, a million years ago, millions of years, hundreds of millions of years ago, what was that area was a jungle. Some may argue that it was a, a, a rainforest of sorts. And if you went there now, man, times have changed, huh? <laughs> like, they seriously have. It's intimidating. And that's what I mean by I feel so small, because in the span, in, in the view of the earth, millions of years, I'm just a speck. My life, my oomph, who I am, Tuesday himself is just a tiny speck in the age of the earth. And it made me feel so small. It really did. That area belonged to creatures far more scarier than any human being I've ever met, than any human being that has ever entered history, that has ever etched its mark into the flesh of the earth, more so than that. It belonged to them. And we, and it's one of the very few things that I can think of that the human race has yet to pervert, to destroy. We, we were never able to touch it in its prime. And I'm glad. There are strict rules about touching the petrified wood. But for the most part, it seems like everyone is respectable about it. Sorry, I... <clears throat> Excuse me, I sneezed. I'm going to edit that out. Anyway, everyone was really respectable about it all. Everyone was enjoyable about it. Reasonable. Uh, there were a few people. It wasn't packed. It wasn't swarmed with the tourists or anything like that. Which is, to be honest, that's that's how I prefer it. You know, I, I like things like that. Very private. To me, um... The, the less, the better. But at the same time, I am a huge supporter of national parks. So I'm very torn because in, at, in that case, the more the better, right? Anywho. Anywho. The whole time I was in awe. We, we entered from the northeast side, I believe. Oops, excuse me. I believe that was the... Um, I believe that was the entrance, the northeast side. 
And as we drove in, we saw this um, historic inn. It was an inn where the travelers could come and sleep. It was a part of Route 66 back in its heyday. Now it's turned into a museum. The inn itself does not operate to the public as an inn. Now it operates to the public as a museum. You can go in and look around and look at the pictures and people who used to go there and stop for ice cream or drinks and things like that. And so that's what we did. We stopped by and we looked around and we walked through these halls and we went up and down the steps that many people have. And it's so sensational. There's a reverence there. People understand the respect. At least this was the impression I got. But it felt like people respected what the inn used to be. They respected the idea of it. So they maintained a reverence the whole time. The park rangers and the staff there and such. And then on the on the main floor, on the on ground level, they turned the lobby near the stairs. I'm not sure what that is. The main floor? The foyer? I'm not sure. But they turned that little area into a Navajo market. Shops. You can go and buy some jewelry, things like that, to support the Navajo tribe. And it's really cool that they have these outlets. And it felt so weird looking and walking around and seeing all these things of old and realizing this was it. This was the only thing here for miles. Unfortunately, the West, that many people have said over the years would be untamable is now being tamed the unconquered is now being taken over it's a shame it breaks my heart actually there is a mass the tourists there's a, like a huge wave of them, mass wave of tourists, and it's it's weird. I couldn't find the right words, I'm sorry. But it's painful to see. That's where I wish, uh, for any of you who are not in the United States, or not from there, not born there, if you live outside the U.S., that's where I wish the United States was more respectful about, was certain areas to keep it small. To keep it pure. Untouched by human design. It breaks my heart. It does. Anywho. We drove through the petrified forest. It probably took us about two hours. And I mean, and I pretty much saw almost all of it. I saw the idea of... Uh, I saw... I saw the Blue Mesa. I saw petroglyphs hundreds of years old. Their creations outlived them. And it was sensational. And once again, that whole experience humbled me. It humbled me. It made me feel small in such a humble way. 
And it gave me a life lesson that I need to enjoy the life that I have. That I need to just sit back, breathe in the fresh air of life, and enjoy it. Genuinely enjoy it. And you should too. If you're if you're listening to this and you sit there and I am no professional in the uh, in the field of psychology or anything like that. I'm just a random guy behind a microphone. Who's probably going through the same thing that you're going through. I'm trying to learn life. I'm trying to find out what brings me joy. Genuine joy. The one thing I can tell you, and it's the best advice I've probably ever gotten in my whole life. It's definitely up there. And that is, get lost in the world. I noticed the most people who aren't as humble, who aren't as grateful for the things they have in life, are the ones who never traveled. And I'm not talking about traveling as in going, living the luxurious life of, hey, I'm going to go to Dubai. I'm going to go to London. I'm going to... No. I'm talking about just going on a nice road trip and seeing everything that comes your way on that road. The poor, the rich areas, all of it. Watch how people live. Observe them. I drove through a town. This is... Maybe a month or two ago, I drove through a town here in Utah. <clears throat> oh, I'm forgetting the name of it. It's near Vernal. Not exactly close to Vernal, but it's pretty close to Vernal in comparison to where I'm at. I think the population said as of 2021... So a year ago, or 2022, can't remember. The population was 600 people. The post office here, or there, I'm sorry, the post office there was about the size of a shack. That's about it. It, 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 it wasn't the biggest thing ever. If you drove past it, you would have missed it. You know, if you weren't paying attention, you wouldn't have noticed it. It was super small and just written right there on the side of it. And in its brick said, United States Postal Service. And I thought, oh my gosh, I thought that was like, you know, some sort of large shed. No, that was the Postal Service. The houses were small and humble. Everyone knew each other. And I'm pretty sure that's the kind of town when the sun goes down, everything closes. Oh, that doesn't sound good to me. Well, that's the point. That's what I'm trying to say. If you don't like that, that's allowing you to be humbled. Just me driving around and seeing all these people, it really, it puts me into perspective. It really does. Anyway, we probably drove through the Petrified Forest for 
maybe I think it took us two or three hours because we stopped and we saw everything. Everything. The Blue Mesas, um, the Agate Bridge, all this. It was sensational. We got to the end, to the south entrance, and we saw the gift shop. So we, I, I couldn't help myself. Pulled in, walked in, looked around, and I bought myself a National Forest Passport. They had these little booklets, and you can stamp inside of them of when you visited these places and all that, and it's really cool. It's awesome. So I got my stamp. I believe it said uh, July 26th or the 27th. Stamped it. I actually have it written down right here. I bought the book in the store at 12.49 p.m. on July 27th, 2022. That's exactly when I bought the book. Put my stamp and we left. We drove from there to Williams, Arizona. On the way to Williams, Arizona, I saw this sign. And one of my favorite things, and, and I mentioned this in the past of um, on, on the show, is I love spontaneous trips, spontaneous things. There's something about it. It, it catches you. And I thought, I should do this. But on the side of the road, I saw a billboard. Huge billboard. And it said, Meteor Crater. In the next five miles. And I thought, <laughs> when in Rome. So, I said, hey. I looked over at Wednesday and Monday. And I said, hey, you, uh, you guys want to see a meteor crater? Sure, they said. Yeah, let's do it, dude. So, the next five miles, I took the exit and I followed the, the path. I f followed the signs and we ended up in the middle of nowhere. You could only see the highway off in the distance. There were no buildings. There were no structures around. Maybe a sign. And that's about it. And we come up and we start we start driving up and it looked like this giant hill to me. It looked like a huge hill. And the road goes up it and then boom, there's a building. A pretty large building. And we got out of the car and we walked in and you and you paid. It's a little pricey, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> not going to lie to you. It's a little pricey. But we walked in, we paid a, I think it was like $20 a person, and we walked in, and we, we, we asked the woman, we said, hey, is there, um, is there like tours? And she said, yes. Every so often we, if the weather's looking nice, we do a tour where we kind of walk you around the crater and show you. So you, so you're going to have to see. Okay, sure. We stood up as well as we were walking away she says the weather's not looking so good so don't expect it okay fine so we take an elevator we go up we walk around we go straight and we overheard someone say 
you know, I, I, like you hear wah, 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 tours. And we thought, oh, this is our chance. So we ran over and we looked over at the guy and he got done saying something and we thought, oh, I guess the tours are over. And this gentleman, I believe his name was James. I don't remember his name. Jay? I think his name was Jay. Anyway, he said, uh, he said, okay, ladies and gentlemen, if you're going to do the tour, it's happening right now. So we thought, oh my goodness. And we got there in the nick of time. And he stands in front of us. There's probably a crowd of only eight of us. And he goes, okay, I'm going to let you guys know up front. We were not doing tours at all today, but just now I was, I, I'm, I'm willing to do it. So congratulations, you're probably going to be the one and only tour for the day. We were excited. Oh my gosh. So, we followed Jay, and he took us right to the brim of the meteor crater. Ladies and gentlemen, I cannot tell you how breathtaking it looked. It, it was amazing. It was a beautiful sight. A rare sight. It was so odd. It really was. But it, it was so cool to see that. So if you're ever in Arizona, let me find let me find the name of it. It's a natural landmark. He said that they're not government, uh, the funded, but they're government protected. There you go. It's called the Beringer Crater, and it's uh, and it's 37 miles east of Flagstaff, Arizona, and it's 18 miles west of Winslow, Arizona. The age is 50,000 years old. Its depth, 560 feet. If you want to hop on a search uh, search engine, just type in Arizona Meteor Crater and it'll show you. And in one of the pictures, they show this uh, this rock on like uh, on like a stand with like a little plaque. I touched that rock. We all did. Apparently, it was. Uh, it's not from the meteor that landed. I don't think it, I don't think it was. I can't remember. Oh no, I think it was. I think it was a piece of it that flew off and landed somewhere else. The actual he explained to us that the actual uh, the meteor itself, when it impacted Earth, it essentially vaporized. It melted, completely melted away. And so, yeah. And then that hill that I was saying that was the meteor. It raised the ground you know when it created the crater pushed everything aside and just sent it away um he said it takes an hour to hike down to the center and three hours to hike up and he talked about the history and all of it how uh, a gentleman purchased the land so he owns the land that the crater's on 
This is back in 1880-something, I believe, 1888, maybe around there. And he thought, okay, a, a meteor landed. I'm going to try to mine it. It must be in the ground because they couldn't find it. I, but at that time, they didn't know that, you know, they didn't know the science. So he explained that, you know, he thought that he could mine it. And so he started doing like, like a, a mining team and all that. And so you still see the remnants of the mining that they did old tools and parts that they couldn't retrieve anymore and or it'll be too much of a hassle to retrieve and really cool a lot of history so obviously he couldn't find his iron and whatnot so he quit and went home and and anyway we saw that and it was just it was sensational that that's the word i that's the only word i i i can say and i'm gonna say that a lot about this trip sensational but we went and we saw the meteor crater and it was awesome and it's a memory that's going to stick in the back of my head for a while i'm going to try to uh you know what i'm going to do so last week i said i started an instagram account and what i'm going to do with the instagram and i guess this is the purpose of it is i'm going to use these moments where i go i wish you could have seen it well that's why I created the Instagram. I'm going to use it as a reference point. So, if you hop on Instagram right now, at the time that you're listening to this, I'm sure, hopefully I'll upload it, <clears throat> I'm going to have pictures of all the things that I'm going to reference, including the meteor crater, the petrified forest, all of it. So you can see what I saw. Moving on, um, we said goodbye to the crater. We had a great time. We brought, we uh, purchased some souvenirs. I bought a patch. That's my thing. I buy patches. I bought a patch for my jacket. Jumped in the car and we took off. From there, we made it to Williams, Arizona. I love Williams. I've been there before. Beautiful little town. It, it It's really nice. There was a uh, there was a pasta pizza place on the corner. We stopped by. We ate there. I'm trying to think of the name of it. Man, I'm really bad with remembering it right now. Let's find out. I'm gonna find out for you because I I want to give the proper credit. I really do. It's right there on the main street. There it is. What's it called? Called Station 66 Italian Bistro. Went there. I had the Italian sausage soup. It was like a, I believe they call it the Tuscan sausage soup or Italian Tuscan sausage soup. Delicious. It was it was really nice. Pricey. Unfortunately, it was a little pricey, but it really was a nice nice meal. And then for my entree, I had a, a, a chicken parm. And man, let me tell you. Whoever that chef was, he he made love to that chicken parm. It, it it was sensational. Once again, I just have to say it was delicious. Melted in my mouth. I've yet had a chicken breast treated as nicely as that man treated that chicken. I, I, it was uh He 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 could have spat on it for all I knew. Still delicious. 
That's probably what made it so good. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But, went to Williams, Arizona. Had a beautiful meal with two amazing friends in my life. Went to sleep, woke up, and we took off to the Grand Canyon. I've never been to the Grand Canyon. Never laid my eyes upon it. One of the gems of America, so they say. It was a rainy day <laughs> that morning. It was a rainy day that morning. But we persevered. We There was a point in time where we thought, eh, let's just not go. Because it was rainy and we thought maybe we should start heading home. Who knows? But then we looked at each other and we went, you know what, man? This is our trip. This is This is my birthday trip. What am I doing? So, we... Flipped the car around, we waited in line, we got in, and we entered the Grand Canyon. When I stopped, when I pulled over my car, and we jumped out and we ran over to look at the view, because there's like viewing spots. You can go over and view the spots. When my pupils were in the presence of the Grand Canyon. It intimidated me. Wednesday said it looks fake. It looks like you can reach out. You know, it looks like a green screen. He said you can... It's almost as if you can reach out and touch it. But it intimidated me. If you've never seen the Grand Canyon in the flesh, do it. Don't think about it. Just do it. Plan it. <clears throat> it's intimidating. It really is. It shocked me to see how deep it went, how many miles it is. I just saw nothing but canyon just going as far as my eyes can see. I didn't think that there was enough land in America for it, but sure enough, the Grand Canyon claimed that. And it, it, was, it was breathtaking. I heard that there's ways that you can get to the very bottom of the canyon, and actually, you know, there's parts of it that are actually open to, to the public. I wanted to know how to do it because I heard that you can camp in there. And I would, oh, I would love to, oh, ladies and gentlemen, I would love to do that. Are you kidding me? Oh, that sounds like fun. I would love to backpack and, you know, spend like a one-day hike going in there, middle of nowhere, bushwhacking it. Oh, oh, that sounds fun to me. <laughs> Anywho, we saw it, and we did multiple stops of different stations that you can view the Grand Canyon at, and it was beautiful. We probably spent a total about maybe like an hour's time. And then we left. You know. We just. We felt like. We didn't see all of it of course. Obviously. But the feeling that we had was. We saw the appropriate amount for now. Like there's a satisfaction of going. We wish we could see more. But you know what. We feel like our time is done. So we jumped in and we left, we exited the park, and we took off. 
we didn't know where to go, so we thought, well, let's head to Moab. And we drove from the Grand Canyon to Moab. And on the way there, we were in the area that is known as Valley of the Gods. And there is an area called the Monument of the Gods. We didn't see all the monuments from the road, but as we were driving, we saw a few. But there is this moment. And I, I, I can't even explain it. But there was a moment. This stretch of highway, the, the, the highway that I was on. It comes over. And all that it is for miles. Is you in this road. And just beautiful red rock red dirt everywhere there's no buildings that ruin the image there was nothing and I was blessed I was blessed enough that it was just us on that road just the one car which is us going down this stretch of road And for a small moment, I took the dial of the radio and I turned it down. I turned down the radio. And I rolled down the window. Just enough. Just enough to listen. There was a beautiful, beautiful majesty that existed. To sit there, to drive through all of it, it made me feel... made me feel weird. I can't explain it. I can't. I felt I felt as if I was given a gift of 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 peace. And I haven't felt peace in a while. I haven't felt that that blessing of peace. To think that many people back then called that home. That was their home, you know. That belonged to them. It's an odd feeling. Anywho. Like usual. Anywho. I drove through. We drove through this beautiful stretch of land. We made it to Moab. We tried camping. We <laughs> we got to Moab at 
I think it was 9 o'clock at night. The sun was down. We passed through town. And we tried to go camping. The whole trip, we never even did camping once. The whole time. And we tried to go camping, and sure enough, we couldn't find anything. And we looked around for two hours. <laughs> we drove around for like two hours, and we couldn't find Jack. So, sadly, with our tail between our legs, we turned around and we found a hotel and spent the night there. And we uh, we woke up, we jumped in the car, and we drove home. And I uh, I wish I could have stayed on that road forever. I wish I could have been there forever. I felt so alive, you know. I felt like for once in my life, I was existing properly. The way that God or the universe or whoever is in charge intended it to be. Sometimes when I close my eyes, and I mean this, what I'm about to say, I'm not saying this for dramatic effect. Sometimes when I close my eyes, I can still see it. I could still feel it. Me gripping the steering wheel. Looking at Moab in my rear view mirror. And all the people driving past me entering it. And now it's evolved into where if I close my eyes I end up on any part of that journey. On that spontaneous trip of ours. Think about the beauty of that image. Three of America's biggest losers, <laughs> biggest weirdos, freaks, nobodies. We're nobody. We're no one. And we found old America for a little bit. The four, the three of us, excuse me, the three of us got lost together. And we found something out there. We found the spirit of the West or whatever anyone wants to call it. I think we found it. And it's not something that you see. It's not something that you taste. It's not something that you smell. It's not something that you hear. It's something that you have to live through. The ghost of cowboys were riding with us. The spirit of the ancients gave us blessings. Phantom hitchhikers stared at us as we drove past them, cheering us on to be free. To be free in a world that is now becoming 
so capitalized in money and corporate growth in commercial and commercialism we may not have had a horse between our knees but you know what we had we had an open road and a means of transportation and I rev that engine which is the equivalent of <laughs> click clack in your spurs <laughs> but I rev that engine and we took off and it feels great because you know why the three of us are still on that road right now in spirit we existed there damn it and it feels amazing. Soon there will be no more space. There will be no place to call small town. But I'm glad that I experienced it before it's fully transitioning into what it is now. Or to what it's becoming. Excuse me. There is something I left out. And I'm saving it for last on purpose because a discovery was made because of this. The first time that we were leaving Moab to go to Colorado to go see Mesa Verde. There's a t-shirt shop on Main Street in Moab. And I do this thing. I call it my tradition. But I go into this t-shirt shop, and I get a t-shirt made. They have a, uh, um, a press, like a graphic press, where they push the graphic onto your, or they press the graphic down onto your shirt. It's like a big iron, like a big clothing iron. But the way it works is you walk in, you grab a t-shirt off the rack, you find your size and the color you want, and you grab it off the rack... And you choose a graphic. They probably have maybe 300 graphics. There's a bunch. There's a ton of them. And I've, I think I've gone there about four times. Four. Maybe three. Three, four times. So I have a, I have a dinosaur one. I think I, I think, I only have dinosaur ones <laughs> to think of it. Huh. That's funny. But. I walked in, and I'm actually wearing the shirt right now. I'll also add this to the Instagram. But I chose the graphic A12. I'll say that one more time. I chose the graphic A as an apple, and then 12. One, two. It's a long neck. I believe it's a brontosaurus. And he's standing underneath the delicate arch. At least, I think this is the delicate arch. And he's standing underneath the delicate arch. In fact, his body kind of wraps around it and his head is poking out from the, from the arch. It's a beautiful design. Wednesday got one. Monday got one. We all got a t-shirt. So the trip ends. We end up back home. We're unpacking all of our belongings and stuff and... Wednesday left, two days after the trip was over, on July 31st, and he took off. 
Oh, I'm sorry. No, he left August 1st. Yeah. He was supposed to leave July 31st, but something happened. He ended up leaving August 1st. He took a, he took a flight back home, and then that was all she wrote. But I waited till he was gone, and then I started unpacking. I was all by my lonesome, and I was unpacking, and I saw the t-shirt that I pressed, and I laid it out on my bed, and I looked, and I thought, wait, what the heck? And I, I saw the artist who did it, wrote a little, wrote a signature. And I was, and I thought, oh, that's really cool. And it even had the year that the design was made. The year was 1987. And I looked and I read the name. The name said Jim Styles. Does that sound familiar to you? Jim Styles? It did to me. And I thought, wait, Jim Styles? Jim Styles. I know that name. Jim Styles. Why does that sound so f- gosh darn familiar? And then it hit me almost instantly. I ran over, I got my phone, I opened up um, the Spotify app, and I went to my podcast. I went to Conversations at Midnight. And I ran, and I went all the way to my Art Bell episode. The episode simply titled, Art Bell. And I listened to it, and I thought, no, that's not it. (coughs) And then I went to part two. Art Bell, part two. The final episode of it. And it was me reading an article titled, I Miss Art Bell, Bigfoot, and the Body Snatchers. (coughs) Excuse me. And I thought, no way. And in that show, I said, and the article was by Jim Stiles. I started looking into Jim Stiles. <coughs> Excuse me. Wow. <clears throat> My throat's a little dry. I guess that's what happens when you wear it out. I started looking into Jim Stiles. He lived in Moab. That part I knew. I didn't know he moved away, but he lived in Moab. And he was, apparently, I don't know how true it is. I didn't read this anywhere from him. I read it in the comments. But apparently he was a park ranger at Arches National Park. Apparently, way back when, Jim Stiles was a name to behold. (coughs) Wow. Excuse me. But apparently Jim Stiles was a name to behold. Sorry, I coughed again and I added that out. I don't want to have to hear, I, I, I didn't want you guys to have to suffer through that another time. But yes, Jim Stiles. Apparently he was he he wasn't a celebrity in Moab, but if you listen to the whispers, and if, and if you met someone in Moab long enough, who lived there long enough, they definitely know the name, Jim Stiles. Excuse me, I might have a little swig of my drink. Have you guys ever had um, the body armors? 
I've been buying them for years. I love them. I think they're amazing. I'm drinking the strawberry banana flavor. The classic. <clears throat> Anywho. I thought that was such a cool connection. That I thought, wait, I've heard of this gentleman Jim Styles. And I and I was so proud of myself for putting two and two together really fast. I'm gonna try to email him. How cool would it be if I had him on the show? I doubt he'll ever do anything, but yeah, I found out he actually moved away from Moab in two thousand seven. And he talked about how much Moab changed and his pictures that he he lived there since nineteen seventy eight, seventy six, around there I believe. That's that's when he moved there. He called it good. But in 2007, he packed up his belongings and he left. And apparently he said good riddance to Moab. He talked about how much it changed, how much it evolved, how different it was uh, now than what it was then. And the pictures that he shared, you know what? I believe them. It would be really hard for me to grow up somewhere that's was such a small town and now it became a tourist trap and everybody's selling their land for a fat dollar I wish we never cared about money as much as we do maybe we can still have nice things things that matter you know I'm tired of wanting luxury I don't want to be filthy rich, but I want to be comfortable enough to just get lost in the world and not have to worry about it financially, you know? <clears throat> if someone gave me $10,000, this is no joke, if someone gave me $10,000, and I have no idea why I'm sharing this with you. But if someone gave me $10,000 and said, hey, get lost, man. Like if someone wrote me in, in, like in an email and said, listen, I am a very wealthy person. Go get lost. The amount of content <laughs> that I would create, the amount of, ooh. Man, the things I'd do, the places I'd go. I have a laundry list of places to go, but I have champagne tastes with beer pockets. But if someone just gave me that $10,000 and said, don't spend it on anything else but getting lost in this world, I'll come back and I'll blow the roof off that joint. But for now, I'm dealing with humble beginnings. You know, you got to do the hustle. I want to thank you guys. I want to thank everybody for sitting down and listening to all this. And At the time of this recording, everything's still pretty fresh. So um, I'm, I'm really tired. You know, I'm a little uh, edged off from the trip. So... Hopefully I time everything right. It's going to be a few days from now. Since it's going to be Tuesday. So hopefully I 
do a few edits and everything correctly and hopefully everything will be uploaded just in time. Anyway. This has been a pleasure. And I want to, um, I just want to tell everybody that, uh, I'm calling to you all from the high desert and the great American Southwest. I am your host, Tuesday, on a beautiful, sensational night. Clear, crystal clear. At the time of this recording, as I was doing the recording, I saw three shooting stars. Because I've just been staring up at the sky the whole time. So it's beautiful. And I hope as you, as I I hope that as you heard this, excuse me, my voice is dying. I hope as you heard this, some way, in some human way, you were able to share this with me. This would be a beautiful nighttime episode. If you listen to this at night, hopefully you you could feel the magic. Or if you're laying down in your room, all the lights off, maybe have your window open, I don't know. I don't know. What I'm going to do is is I'm not going to end it immediately. I'm going to let you guys enjoy this. Enjoy what I'm hearing. I have been your host, Tuesday. And thank you for joining me in my conversation at midnight. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. I'm going to leave you with a song of the week. I'm going to leave you with a Mac DeMarco song. I love Mac DeMarco. It's from his album called Salad Days. The song is called Brother. So the song of the week is by Mac DeMarco. And the song is called Brother. Thank you everybody. Stay weird out there. And thank you for the conversation. Have a good one and good night.